entrepreneurially has been in my family for many, many years. So that's what I knew. That's what I grew up with. Uh, my father has taken a lot of risks. So, you know, I lived through that as a kid. I've shared that with you before. I mean, there was times where I didn't realize it, but there was times when my family was doing well and we lived in a, a big house with a swimming pool and had some nice cars. And then for whatever my dad had going on, it seemed like two years later, we'd be living in a small house and me and my brothers would all be sharing rooms. And I mean, it was just kind of a roller coaster ride as a child. And, you know, I look back now and I, it's a good thing. Um, at the time, I don't think I really understood it, but you know, you got to be uncomfortable. You got to take risks. You got to be okay to fail. You got to have confidence in yourself that when you do fail, you can get through it. You know, your, your buddy says one of my favorite sayings ever, when quitting's not an option, everything else is. Are you ready to decide it's your turn to live your most purposeful, profitable, passionate life? I'm Christina LeCure, former professional golfer turned confidence and success coach. I truly believe every one of us was put here for a God-given purpose, and it is our responsibility to live that fully. For well over a decade now, I've been turning my life as well as countless others around from feeling unworthy, incompetent, and without a purpose to living a life I cannot wait to wake up for even on days when shit hits the fan. And it all started with a decision. Yeah, you heard that right. I said God and shit in the same sentence. So clearly this won't be your typical podcast, but what I can assure you is that each week myself and my guests are going to enlighten you, fire you up, and having you walk away with stories and strategies to not only boost your confidence, but give you hope that at any moment in time, you have the power to decide it's your turn. Listen, <laughs> you guys, this is the very first time we are doing this. I don't think you've ever had that little camera thing. You guys, this is crazy right now. Why? Because you're annoying already. Yeah, my hair in your face. Yeah. <laughs> you never going to put this on YouTube? No, I don't want to put it on YouTube. Anyway, just you know. You're not here. We're talking here. This is what he says to me before we get started. Um, I feel like I'm with like my parents. My t-shirt is so old and see-through. <laughs> I have no drawers on. <laughs> and you don't feel like um I like outfits. He likes like outfits. outfits. You guys, he likes outfits. He's like, why do we have to do this on camera? Because I said, because we have to record these things on camera because people want to see our energy. People don't want to see this energy. I was Yeah, my energy is fantastic. Oh, there's something on. I this. said my energy. I ain't talking about you. You have yourself. Okay, we're doing a solo Ask Anything podcast. And How's a solo? There's two of them. Wait, no, it's not a solo. It's well, it's kind of like a solo because there's no there's real, there's there's no real guest. It's just you. Hey, you just, just get out off the couch and read my book. Hey, let's do a podcast. No, we've been planning this for a really long time. No, you've been uh, bugging me to do it for a really long time. True there's that, no folks. To the, okay. True that. See, you two can have a podcast. We're like 150 episodes in, and this is the goat rodeo that exists. I have right. no makeup on. Me uh, neither. <laughs> he has no underwear on. I have a bra on, though, so we're good. Uh, come on. If we're watching, you guys are watching this on YouTube. This is the very first time we have ever done a yeah. podcast together. Um, and yeah, yeah, I don't like video. I, I know we don't really like it either. We would much rather prefer having no bra on and him Come not on, having man. a seat. <laughs> not having a this honest to God. We are going back to Jasper. So if you guys are watching this online right now, they on there? 
1925. Oh, that's old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bought him, my dad, and my grandpa um, a T-shirt back when I used to do a, this corporate golf event. Um, oh gosh, probably what at least ten years ago. Nah, it's not that old. I bet you it is. No, it's not. You don't think so? Yeah. Eight years. It's probably eight years old. Anyway, get on with it. And this August, we're going back, so I told him he could get a new T-shirt. Thanks, honey. But he said he might not want it because this one's so soft and worn out. Yeah, it's really broken. Do you guys do that? Do you make fun of old people for wearing the same old shit? Like, my dad does this. Oh, my God. I love my father more than anyone, but oh, my gosh, my dad looks homeless every <laughs> single morning. Like, oh, he no, he doesn't. He saves stuff. Yeah, he saves stuff. So, like, I'll buy him, like, an unbelievable, like, whenever I go to these, like, bougie golf courses, I'll always buy him, like, a nice shirt. And I swear to God, I'm, I was like, Dad, did I not buy you that shirt, like, 10 to 12 years ago? Yeah, it's the first time I wore it. I took the tags off of it. <laughs> he has, like, a travel outfit. Like, he really he just... Black, he always blacks out. He's, yeah. like, all black. Like, jeans, shoes, shirt, like, all black. <laughs> but, but his... Fancy tennis shoes. Correct. That he saves. Yeah. He's, he's got different um, tennis shoes. But he's, Nathan sometimes says it to me. He's like, oh, are you saving that? I'm like, oh, <laughs> uh, no. And then I'll throw you under the bus about some of the stuff that your dad does. Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone does that. Everyone's kind of that. Yeah. But do you not do that? Do you not, like, like pick at your spouse about being their parent? Like, he, try, he always says to oh, me. Oh, Linda. Yeah. My mom's name is Linda. And if I'm doing something that he thinks that and I just like red, right? But I feel like everyone does that. Do you guys do that? You do. I mean, yeah, everyone. Everyone does. Everyone does. It's not that you don't and, love your parents, or you just don't admit it. But everyone does do. Yeah, I know. It's but it's it's funny because we don't think about all the great things your parents do. It's just like the three or four things that you don't want to be like your parents for, and then you're like your parents. Correct. Uh, okay, you guys. So today's podcast is bringing back the all-time favorite guest of the podcast. That'd be you, and it's the first time on video, so it's almost like it's your first time. Oh yes, the inaugural, the inaugural video um, podcast. But we're standing here on a Saturday morning. We're about to go for a walk. I have no makeup on. Clearly, you can tell. Um, he has his old see-through. I should put a filter on that. <laughs> I don't use filters, but he thinks I should someday. When I opened up my computer, it was so funny. He goes, How old is that photo? You don't look anything like that anymore. I was like, You're dead. That's so mean. You used to look just like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. I definitely don't look like that anymore. Um, Okay, so today's podcast is all. Hi, welcome to the Decided to Return podcast. You forgot your intro. Uh, No, don't worry. They'll add it on in the beginning. I don't do my own podcast. Like someone, I pay someone to do it because like clearly I would not be very good at it. I would forget all the things. But thank you to Kevin and his team who does it. But today is a Ask Us Anything podcast. And we've had some questions over the last few weeks that I've been promoting us doing this podcast every weekend that we haven't done the last three weekends. And? And today we're actually doing it before you go play in your golf tournament, your little golf tournament with your brother. You're going to have so much fun. Yeah. Um, I didn't really get to prepare for this, and I've not seen these questions. I know. And he is an Enneagram One, folks. He really needs the questions, and I have them on a sticky note. This is how I do my whole entire life, on a sticky note. A script, so, a script would have been nice. A script would have been nice, but he didn't get one, so we're just going to wing this thing, and hopefully a few of you listen. And if no one does, 
That's too bad. And if you do come watch us over on YouTube, say hi, say hi. Let us know that you watched on YouTube if you enjoy it. The next one, if you don't enjoy it, the next one, we're just going back to solo so we can both look even worse than we currently do. Um, okay, question number one. Actually, let's try. Ask away. Uh, this question actually came in this morning from my my good buddy Ryan in Canada. Uh, he said, what up, Nate Dog? He said, how do you deal with your positive wife while still having struggles in your own business? I will hand the mic over to you. Um, so I don't right there, not there. <laughs> um, you know, I don't. I, I do handle you, but I don't really handle you. And most of the time, most of the time, you're right. You bring a good perspective. Um, had a really tough week. I think you said you're actually going to send uh, me a bill for the coaching I've received from you over the last couple of days. And it was past seven o'clock and I don't work past seven o'clock. So I'm actually going to have to double my rate. So um, Ricky or Jessica, my two amazing team members, can someone send over um, Jay, Nathan, Salter an invoice for double my hourly rate, please? Anyway, nice plug there. <laughs> That's probably not beneficial to customers who probably need your help and you're telling them that you're going to double the cost. Of your no, that's hours. just for those who get just it for me. I'm really grouchy. <laughs> anyway, back to the question. Um, actually, I love my wife and I'm happy to have her as a partner. And um, I think we do really well together. Sometimes when, you know, you've had a bad time or you're, uh, we'll say grouchy, which is the term that we use in our house. Um, I'm trying to be very intentional about being positive towards you, even if I'm not in a positive state. And I think you do the same for me. So I think as a couple or, or um, as partners or, or whatever kind of situation you're in, um, you can't let the other person kind of pull you into the frame of mind or the mindset that, that, um, that they're in. What you, what you have to do is um, actually be the opposite and recognize when your partner needs your help or needs you to be supportive or needs you to be positive. You've got to be that person if you want to uh, want to have a successful relationship. So um, am I always in the best mood? But no, whenever I come home and I know you've had a rough day, I, I'm intentional about making sure I don't, you know, puke my problems at dinner or I try to make sure that I'm being positive or I try to encourage you. And I just think that's part of having a successful relationship, whether that's uh, work or, or life or business or, or marriage or whatever that may be. Um, you just got to read the other person, understand what they need and, and uh, be attentive to that. So um, I don't think that I necessarily put up with you to some extent I do, but sometimes you need me to act a certain way. And sometimes I need you to act a certain way, even if that's not the frame of mind or the situation we're in or the day that we've had, I think we do a good job of kind of feeding off of each other and um, being positive when we need the other one to be positive. That's really good, babe. And that you did all of that without any planning. Good job. Congratulations. Yeah, thank how good it could have been if I would have had some planning. <laughs> it would have been really good. No, but I will say, um, so twofold to that. Number one, he's absolutely right. We both kind of read each other pretty well. What was it? Like maybe about two weeks ago, I was having a rough two weeks. You had a really rough two. Weeks. I had a really rough two weeks. There was a couple personal things going on. Um, there was a couple business things going on, and I had a rough couple of weeks. And you, even though I'm sure you were having a rough week too, you really came home and did your best to like help me become in a better mood. I mean, you really, you know, one of the things that we do, guys, and I know it sounds so trivial. trivial 
and we've talked about it on this podcast. We've done tons of Instagram on it. So you can go follow JN Salter one on Instagram. There's hardly anything there, but you, uh, when there is, it's good stuff. <laughs> that's true. Um, you have done a couple posts here and there, like when I've never posted anything and I was like, oh my God, what's going on here? But most, I think I'm going to have done it on accident. <laughs> <laughs> but most of the time he's over on my Instagram. So if you guys don't follow us over on Instagram, it is at Christina. But um, I will say you do a very good job stepping up when I need you to step up. But the thing that kind of gets us back is our gratitude, really remembering what we have to be grateful for. And, you know, as an example, a couple nights ago, when you've had a really rough week this week, you're much better today. Today's Saturday as we're recording this, but Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I would say you were in a really really grouchy spot would that be true that would be absolutely true absolutely true and on i think on thursday night you or was it last no it was thursday it was thursday night he was in bed just bitching and on his phone and moaning and i literally normally i'm like you know kind of let him have his peace but i sat up in the bed pushed pause on the television and we had like a come to jesus moment where i was like do you understand really what you're bitching about? And we kind of went through a few of the things and I was like, everything that you're bitching about will probably be fine a week from now, if not a month from now, for sure. And they were like, and I, I know you guys have probably heard people say this, but they were very like, I don't want to say like rich people problems, but yeah, it was, I, hate I hate that term too, but it was more like, um, there are problems that are not really problems. Like there were problems that if I would have told you that these were our problems 10 years ago, I would have been like, we had, we're praying to have the problems that we have today. And definitely we have some problems that are real problems, but the things that you were really, really upset about this week were like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like these aren't real problems. Like people have real problems right now and these aren't real problems. And it was kind of almost just like a comeback to you know, come to Jesus type of moment where it was like, come back to reality. Like, are we really that upset? And I'll be honest, I've had these, these things happen to me like time and time again, like we're all human. I'm sure that you guys watching or listening right now will definitely feel the exact same way. There's been like moments where you're bitching about things that really aren't problems, but in the moment it feels so difficult. So I said to him, I was like, let's actually boil down like what you're really upset about. Will this be a problem, you know, a week from now, a month from now, how can you get yourself back to neutral? And you handled it really well. And I think we both had the capacity to be able to be like, okay, like this has to stop. It's been going on for three or four days. How do we nip this right now? Yeah. I mean, those are all true. Sometimes it's not necessarily about the problem. And I'm just saying that this to I'm not defending myself, but I'm sure people can relate to no matter what the situation is, if you have the type of personality I have, it's there's always a lot of stuff to do. Um, you feel like you're always trying to please a lot of other people or make time for a lot of people or a lot of other things. And sometimes that can be overwhelming and stressful. And, and um, yes, it's a blessing, but sometimes no matter what it is, no matter what the situation, it, it can be overwhelming. It can make you, quote, grouchy. So um, I'm not saying that my problems were like these devastating problems, but I do understand um, you can just have a lot. You know, sometimes it's a lot. It's a rough week and you got four or five things that need to pull you in different directions. And even if they're not negative things, it's still four or five things um, pulling you in different directions. So, yeah, I did get a um, 
I thought it was my wife being nice to me, but evidently I'm getting a bill for it um, session that I did get. And you were able to put it into perspective and you're all right. Um, you know, no decision would be wrong. I just sometimes worry about, um, you know, not meeting expectations of others, which is not a good thing at all, but it's just something I'll, I'll work on. I know that I struggle with. Yeah. And we just constantly, I mean, you guys, if, if you're any one of my clients, you definitely have heard me say this a time or two before, but if you're not, I talk about this definitely on my social media for sure, is the fact that your thing will probably always be your thing. So like for me, it's the striving of the worthiness, the gratification. And for Nathan, it's definitely a very similar about, you know, not proving your worth, but just feeling like that strive. And every single person has one or two things that'll probably be your common problem. And so it's really about working on how to make those bad days or how to make those patterns, habits, and stories change slowly, but surely. And it's just reframing them, reprogramming them. But whatever your thing is, chances are it'll constantly be your thing until you actually are able to witness it and put in a different type of story. And, you know, sometimes your bad days, I always say, oh, now that we're on video, I can tell you. So like, I always say your bad days are kind of like this. And, you know, are you able to make your bad days like this? Or how how quickly can you get out of those bad days? You can step back into the camera. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, how quickly are you able to get out of those bad days? And I think that that's really, really helpful and, and important. The second thing I wanted to say there was Nathan is now able to do this and we are able to do this in our relationship, you know, almost 20 years in or 20 years in or whatever it is. Um, Seems like eternity. <laughs> 20 years is an eternity. Um, I'll be honest, I think the how we've gotten to the place that we can do this for each other and he can witness when he needs to kind of take a backseat and be there for me and I need to take a backseat and be there for him is the fact that we have done so much work on ourselves and not just on our marriage. You know, a lot of people say marriage is hard and you have to work at it all the time. I'm not a hundred percent convinced on that statement anymore because I truly do believe that my marriage is actually the easiest part of my life. Like we've got a lot of hard things. I don't think you and I are really that hard anymore. I don't, I don't think that I would say that it's hard. I would say that it's not easy. And if you think that you can um, be in really any relationship without uh, putting the work in, it's not something that you can just kind of skate through and think everything's fine. So um, I would I would take the other side and make it not so negative. And I would say, you know, it, it's not easy. I'm not necessarily saying, oh, it's this hard thing, but it is something that you've got to be willing to um, put work into and be committed to and pay attention to. And just like I was saying in anything, it's easy to get kind of sucked in. So if you're having a bad day and you were grouching or complaining about something and I came in and just jumped on that band, that bandwagon and just started you know, let's have a contest to see who had the worst day, which a lot of people do. And I'll say that there's probably a time in which we probably did that. Um, and I think we're really, we're more the opposite of that. Do you feel like though, and then this is what I've always said is like, I think our marriage got better because we as individuals got better. Like I had to do all of the work on myself before our marriage got better. Correct. If you're not taking care of yourself and you're not in the right spot or the right frame of mind, then how can you help someone else? That's, I don't know that that's possible. Yeah, because I do get the question a lot from so many people is, how do I change my husband? How do I do this with my husband? How does your marriage? You can't change your husband. 
Exactly. And I do feel like you have to change yourself. And I think I've heard it time and time again. And I know Nathan and I've had this conversation. It was like, I was changing and it was a matter of him to decide whether or not he was willing to do the work to change himself. Like that was the only way that this got better was him deciding that like, okay, she's changing. I can either change and work on myself too, or I can piece out of this deal. And I really feel like that is, that's the only option. We even talk about this at work a lot. We can't change other people. We can only change or control what we can control. It's ourself. So it's how do we react? So I'll use that same example. I can't change you, but I can come into a situation and change myself. So I can come in and be positive when you're being negative. I can control that. I can't make you not negative. I can't make you not feel the way that you feel, but I can control how I feel and how I communicate and the, um, you know, what I bring to the conversation or the situation. That's all I can do. I can't just come in and say, damn it, Christina, don't be so grouchy change. Yeah. Actually makes it worse. Oh, it makes it a thousand times worse. But I I just want to always give tangibles whenever we're doing podcasts, whatever it is, even on my social media, I always want to give you guys tangible things to do. But I will say that like a hundred percent, you changing yourself changes the situation because like, and you can't choose whether or not your, your spouse decides to do the work on themselves that you can't control a hundred percent. I couldn't control that. Nathan was willing to go, okay, fuck, I got to work on myself as well. And I'm so grateful that you did, but like, I couldn't have forced him. I couldn't have made him. Oh, and this is another thing that we haven't talked about on this podcast. So this year, Nathan hired his own coach. So I, as you guys know, this is what I do. I coach people one-on-one. I've been doing it for the last six years. It's like what I live, breathe, and die. I'm obsessed with it. I love it. Um, I've had my own coach, my own one-on-one coach for like over six. Like I have just been in it. Like this is what I do, what I breathe. I am the crazy crossfitter for coaching because I just don't understand why anyone wouldn't have a coach. But for the first time ever, Nathan got his own one-on-one coach. And, you know, I couldn't have forced him to do it. You know, I suggested it for a couple of years. And I think he saw what a difference it has made in my life and my business And this past year, like about a year ago, probably right now, we were starting to talk about like what it would look for you to do to get one. And I've been putting some feelers out with people I knew and you hired one in uh, December. Yeah. Do you want to tell everyone how you feel about it? If you enjoy it? Like, so it's one of those, you know, things happen when they're supposed to happen. Christina, you, you did encourage me for, you did encourage me for a very long time. I said encouraged. I said encouraged. I think we were on vacation in Mexico and I have uh, had talked to a couple of different coaches and been, re- you know, a couple of different coaches have been recommended to me. And uh, John, who's my coach now, uh, we did a Zoom call and we did another call when we got back from vacation. And uh, I've been working with him ever since, I guess, six months, right at six months now. Wow. I guess that's right. Yeah. Um, anyway, great. Just, you know, you, you got to find the, the right coach for you, the right person for you, the person that's going to provide what you need. Um, John's definitely not just a straight up business coach. We worked through a lot of personal things and, and went back. Um, he calls it your avatar self. So like, what's the perfect you? Like when you look in the mirror, what, what would you like to see in yourself? So it was really interesting to really go all the way back into um, like my childhood and my past. Like, why are you where you are and why are you? 
you know, how you are now and like what, what, what made you that? And you kind of like the way he teaches it, you have to address those things and deal with those things um, and, and be okay with where you are now, really before you can go forward. So that was really an interesting approach that, I mean, has been good for me, maybe not everybody, but. Can we talk about this for two seconds? Because I feel like this is exactly why people hire me is like, they come into it like, I need to fix this thing in my business. I need to make more money. I need to get more confidence. And you come in, a lot of people come into it with that mindset. And that was very much the way that you went into this coaching container with John was, I got some big business decisions to make. I'm going to hire John. He's going to make the business better. It's going to be great. And newsflash, this is exactly like, and this is the reason why I'm kind of biased. Like this John guy and I are very similar in the work that we do. So I'm like, I love this guy. I'm here for it. But, and it's exactly the same thing, like weekly calls, unlimited access, like same price point. It's the same thing. So it's, it's been not, like, I'm totally like when he had not on purpose, uh, no, it was not on purpose. It was not on purpose. Like I had no idea about I actually, this guy. I actually probably would have wanted to make sure that I did something not just like you. I live, I live with you. <laughs> he started to, uh, working with this guy and I was hearing what he was doing. I was like, I love this guy, but because I know it works. I've been doing this for six years and I've seen how it helps my clients, but I really want everyone to hear that you literally went into it thinking this guy was going to solve all the business problems. It was only going to be business. And yet so much of it is the personal and the mindset because, and give everyone like that is how it's been better in business. Does that feel true? Correct. We probably spent the first I would say three. We probably we probably spent the first. We probably spent the first. Let's hug the whole rest of the time. Oh, oh, we're just gonna. Oh wait, I'm so tall they can't even see it on the screen. <laughs> anyway, we spent the first three. Maybe lose my train of thought now. You're so weird. We probably spent the first three and a half, maybe almost four months. Um, really just getting to kind of we'll say start like reset like let's go back and a lot of good questions um, a lot of I'm not gonna what do you call it like woo, like a lot of like visioning things and thinking about things and all the clients that are listening it's so yes okay I just yeah, I'm obsessed with it I fucking love it okay go ahead I know I'm just saying this is why I talk about it and like it's just it's proof that it works and I just want to help people so bad. Stop whining. <laughs> I know, but I'm just so passionate about it. Go ahead. Anyway, so I think I've tried not to have these expectations because of what you said of if you hire a coach, it's not, well, I'm going to dive in and, and, you know, snap your fingers and they're going to give you this advice and help you through some big decisions. And then all of a sudden your business and your life and all these, these things are going to be better. It's no different than, Working, I mean, it's like everything else, right? It's incremental, it's small steps, it's seeing a little bit of progress along the way. Um, but yeah, it starts with going back and figuring out like what what's what's holding you back today. It's not necessarily, um, you know, give me these answers so I can just keep pushing forward. What's holding you back from being able to move forward a lot of times is the stuff in the past that you've got to figure out how to address, whether it's, you know, a lot of times it's just mental. Um, anyway, same thing you do, probably good, good questions, helping you understand, like, why are you where you are today? What are the things that hold you back? 
Um, where did those things start? Like at what age did this happen that this, you know, just anyway, it's, um, it's kind of hard to explain, but you, you got to be okay with where you are like now in the present and be okay with that before you can successfully move forward. So just to kind of keep, like, I felt like that's probably where I was or where I'm still am to some, some degree is I had these goals. I had these things I want to do. And it's just, you know, grinding, grinding, like at the office, we call it spit and grit. So spit and grit, long hours, long days, still have them, but it's like never really was able to kind of break through and understand like, why are certain things so hard for me? Like, why do I struggle with certain things? Why mentally can I not break through certain areas in my life? And the only way to fix those, or at least from my experience, which is not a ton, but I mean, I'm almost 50 years old, so I've been doing this a long time, um, was to really get someone that's an expert in helping me understand how to go back to what happened at five, six, seven, eight, 10, 12 years old to give you like this certain mindset, like what are you scared of? What gives you anxiety? Why are you scared to make these decisions? What prevents you from doing certain things? Um, and it's just interesting to go back and realize, you know, um, like I was at SeaWorld with my family one time. I hadn't thought about it in whatever, 40 something years. And it's like, what happened? Oh, I got lost in it. I was scared. And it brings back those old feelings and emotions and thoughts. Like, yeah. Why would I tell you I'm a coach? Oh my god, okay, you got lots of secrets. Anyway, you were all when I was a little kid, but I was locked in the bathroom. You know what was my fucked up story? You guys, let's let's dive into that. Wish I would have brought up SeaWorld. Tell you, you never asked. I got locked in a gym when I was a kid. So that's why to this day, if you ever want to find me in a bathroom, most of the time, I will never lock the door in a bathroom. At home, I will always keep the door open. I know that's gross, but it's gross. I, it is gross. But I just tell him not to come around because yeah. I don't want to shut the door in a bathroom. I'm very scared to lock a door in a bathroom because I got locked in a bathroom at a school gym after school. I don't remember how old I was, and I'm probably exaggerating here, but I was probably five and in there for hours before someone <laughs> picked me. But it was probably closer to like 10 and I was in there for 15 minutes, but it felt way scarier when I was little. So I never want to lock. I'm fucking really really scared of locking a bathroom door now when were you locked at people or how old were you you gone I was it's the, the same thing you're you know you're young and you can't find your parents and you think it's like some huge deal and it could have been five minutes I don't I don't know it's just something that when you were going so through the process how fucked you up today I'm not anymore <laughs> you reprogrammed it with John no but really how has that helped you back I can I can guess and we were just talking about the different things that and I don't even know. It's all the questions that coaches ask. And it's like, what makes you feel certain ways and why? So some of it is. I need to give you a hug. I'm so sorry. You're weird. Um, you know, I think part of it was talking about like feeling lonely, which as a, um, you know, a business leader, a business owner, sometimes, I mean, a lot of times it's lonely. You're kind of the only one, you know? Do you think, so I think that's what we were, I think that's kind of what we were talking about is, I think, and I may get this all wrong, um, 
it was talking about when was the first time that you were kind of scared of being alone or like what scares you about being alone or where, what in your life can you remember like at an early age where you felt like really alone and really scared? I'm not necessarily saying I'm, I'm scared in my position, but I will say, um, you know, being in the position of a business owner or a business leader and you got to be at the top and you got all these people answering to you, all those things, it's, it's, it's lonely. You got to be careful of um, you know, what you share and what you say. Uh, we've changed our business model over the last few years and we built an executive team. And so I feel, you know, closer to some people in our company now than I, than I have in the past 20 something years. So that's been good and different, but that, that's where it came from. It came from um, the different feelings that you have. And, and a lot of times it's kind of lonely. You feel like you're Oh, you're the only one. You know? 100%. That's why I think having a coach at a, at a higher level is fantastic. I mean, I, I have people deal with us all the time, especially when you're changing so much in your life. So if you're changing like kind of who you were and becoming a new version of yourself and reprogramming patterns, stories, habits, and all the things and getting to that next level of your life, there's a lonely transition there. I mean, I used to do mastermind groups because I knew that people wanted to find like-minded people. And that's the reason why now when you're one of my one-on-one clients, I do happy hours. Um, they're like, you know, during the middle of the day, feel free to drink if you want. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I do, you know, monthly or quarterly happy hours because I want to bring together my clients. I want them to know that there's other people that feel the way that they do too. But I know even for myself, I mean, if I didn't have a coach and if I didn't have a therapist and if I didn't have you and a couple of my really good girlfriends now that are at the level that I'm at mindset wise, business wise, and all the things, it would be super lonely. And I think that having a coach is like, you know, I think one thing that people think, and you and I were talking about this the other day on one of our walks, you're like, I just don't know what to go to John with some, some days. It's like, there's, I just don't know what to talk about. I will tell you, I have been on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of calls with clients over the last six years. I've had, you know, way more than a hundred calls with my coach over the amount of time that we've been together. I will say some of the best calls are the ones that you come with no expectations and you just come being a little bit vulnerable and you just come. And sometimes you think to yourself, like these calls are expensive over $500 a call, you know, like there's no doubt you even said to me, you're like, fuck for 500 bucks a call. I want to, you know, make sure I get the most out of it. But I will tell you as, as a person on both sides of the fence, I have paid my coach Lacey for a call where I'm like, I don't even really know what I need. And I've had clients probably do the exact same thing. Sometimes those are the best calls ever because you get out of the call really what, you know, and for me, I'm a person of faith. And so is Nathan, obviously that, you know, God kind of steps in and gives you exactly what you need on those calls. And sometimes those are the best kind of calls because you just need that space to process and to kind of get that aha moment. And when you're in it, just like Nathan's in it all the time and like in it as a high level person in business, I will tell you, it is definitely a lonely place to be, but so sometimes having that space to just process and get that aha moment is the thing that allows you to slow down to go faster. I have said this with clients so often lately, how are you giving yourself the space to slow down, get the clarity, hear the aha, to be able to go faster? So many high-level people, you included, never give yourself the space to slow down. Why do you think I walk every single solitary fucking day? Why do you think I have the, the quiet times, the coaching containers, whatever it is? 
There has never been a, a, a great idea come from pressing through the hard and, you know, working 10,000 hours more and banging at the computer and sitting in front of the screen longer. The good moments come when you shut it down for a minute, take a breath, allow that download to come in, give yourself the space to process. And that's when you can slow down to go faster, in my opinion. Yeah, that's true. You have to take time to um, what we call working on the business and studying the business. Whether that's you as an individual, we do that with our um, we do that with our executive team now quarterly and annually. We do a quarterly offsite for a day, and then we do a, a two day um, at like the end of the year to kind of prep for the following year. So, yeah, you got to take time. Whether that's just you, you know, I take quiet time <clears throat> in the morning for myself to uh, to read, and I don't know if it's actually journaling, but we'll just call it journaling. Write some stuff down. Um, you know, that's, that's, your version. Like people always say prayer, meditation, journaling. I mean, there isn't one right way to do it. It's the way that works for you. How yeah, well, I don't, what I'm doing is work for me. I just don't know what that word is. I get it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's writing shit in a journal and getting it from his head to his pen. That's exactly what journaling yeah. is. Exactly. So we're saying the same. <laughs> well, always got to be right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's it? Maybe it's, you're admitting it. That's the problem. Oh, maybe that's true, <laughs> but whatever. Hey, y'all, it's Christina. If you've listened to this podcast a while, you've probably heard me talk about my clients. And the reason for that is I'm obsessed with them and they're obsessed with their results. Having been a one-on-one -on -one coach for over five and a half years and being voted the top confidence coach in 2020, I can firmly tell you there is not a faster way to success than having someone hold you consistent, confident, and give you the clarity you need to achieve your personal and professional goals. In 2023, I am doing something that no one else in the coaching industry does, and that's allowing you to have me as your one-on-one -on -one coach for less than $300 a month. So if you've ever thought about one-on-one -on -one coaching and didn't think it was possible for you, I would encourage you to text me the word COACH to 501 222 3362. And I can tell you what it would look like to have you and I together in a one-on-one -on -one coaching capacity for the next year to make sure you are deciding it is your turn to hit the goals that you have decided for in 2023. Again, text me the word coach to 501-222-3362. You can send me a message on Instagram at bchristina or check the show notes for more details. I look forward to hearing from you. Let's go to the next question. Yeah, it's gone on for a while. Yeah, it has, but it was good though. It you was. guys, let us know if this is good. Let us know if you like these. Let us know if you're watching it. Let us know if you have any further questions because we'll probably, I'm going to make do another one of these soon too. Yeah. Make, okay. make me? Yeah, because you love doing it actually. You kind Next of question, please. <laughs> okay. How do you handle disagreements? Well, we kind of talked a little bit about that, but how do you think we handle disagreements? Get a little closer. If you just do what I say, it makes life so much easier. <laughs> oh, he thinks he's true, but that's not the way it goes. A lot of times we just have to kind of agree to disagree. Um, we have to respect one another. And depending on what the discussion or the um, disagreement is, it kind of depends on what the topic is. You know, there's certain things in our relationship that you don't necessarily agree with when it comes to my business. Um, and then sometimes you don't agree with it. And I just, you have to trust me and you have to have faith that I'm doing the 
right thing for our family. And I've been doing what I'm doing for a long time. And I've made some huge, huge errors and lost a ton of money. And I've also made some really good decisions um, and some good investments that have made a lot of money. So um, I think it just goes back to trust. You just have to love and trust your partner. And even if you disagree, you got to have faith in and trust that your partner's making the best decision for your family. I mean, that's usually what our discussions are. Um, I'm, I'm much more comfortable with risk than you are. So a lot of times better. That, I've gotten better for sure over so, the years. So a lot of times that's what our, um, I'll say our disagreements have to do with is um, risk taking financially, whether it's a project I'm doing or an investment I'm making or another deal that I'm building or whatever those things may be. Um, sometimes you don't agree with them, um, but you trust me. So I think that's really the answer to it is it's okay to not agree and it's good to talk those things out and it's good to explain those things. And, um, you know, sometimes I have to try and give you like a, like give you the why behind it. Uh, that's not my personality. Uh, I am a much more direct person and this is what we're doing and this is why we're doing it because that's what I do day in and day out. But uh, when I come home and you and I are talking, there needs to be more why behind it. There needs to be more explanation. Um, a lot of times I get really frustrated with you because you don't understand what I do every day. And so a lot of times it takes me really taking a deep breath and understanding that you don't really understand. And sometimes I take your questions um, as that you're questioning my decisions, which bothers me. But most of the time, it's really just you asking questions so you can understand like the why behind it and why are we doing that? And is that the best decision for our family? And um, they're, they're good questions or legitimate questions as a, you know, as a, as a partner, a life partner, a wife, a, a husband, those, that's what we have to do is get our partner on the same page. So, but I think ultimately how we work through is, you know, that I work very hard day in and day out and try and make the best decisions I can for our family. Yeah. You know, ultimately, ultimately, I think that that's what it is, 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 is trust and faith and, um, understanding. Yeah, I, I agree. I do think that communication is a big part of it, allowing me to understand. And that's probably our biggest disagree. They're not even really disagreements. Like if you come to me and say, like, I really want to do this thing, I think just, you know, and I've said this online and I think people scoff at it. Like neither one of us has really ever said no to one another. I don't think we ever have. Um, I can just, I mean, there's a couple of things that come to mind that you said no to that were probably not very good decisions. Oh, fuck, there was one. <laughs> sure, but I think like at the time when we were thinking, I'm just messing with you. There was one business decision that he wanted us to invest in this project. And I was like, no, we're done investing in projects. And you're like, okay, fine, we'll do it. That motherfucker would have been like, but it still was. I mean, I still made money off of it, or still making money off of it. We could have. Oh, because it's a different I LLC. Yeah, I, I mean, I did not do well, it. Our money is our money. People always ask that too. Like, well, how do you guys divvy up? Oh, well, there's a different. Our money, our family money, is one thing, and our and the business money is a different thing. Yeah, this is for sure. Things. Um, have you guys ever heard this? I love this phrase. I learned this from a uh, old man at a casino one time. Um, let me guess. Her money is her money, and your money is her money. And uh, what did, what did he say? 
Y'all's money is her money too. Yeah, y'all's money is her money too. I was like, that is fucking phenomenal. I'm taking that. Yeah, this is my money, so it's my money. Your money is my money, and our money is my money. So this actually works out really, really well. Poor but, guy. Poor guy. But I stole it. And I was, was he single? Uh, probably. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Probably. But no, I, I mean, we do have two separate bank accounts. I, well, I have my personal bank account, my business bank account. You have. 8,000 business bank accounts. I'm joking. He has a lot of business bank accounts. And then you have your personal bank account. But do we have bank accounts together? Just I business. Think, I think my name is on one of your accounts. And I think your name is definitely on one of my accounts. Yeah, but you manage your own money and I manage my own money. Yeah, like, for sure. I don't question what you do and you don't really question what I do. But we do have personal finances. Yeah, we do have a rule though, because someone asked, are you allowed to buy each other gifts? And if so, what is the top price point that you can do without asking the other person? Um, I don't know that we've really established that 100%. If you want to buy me a big gift, I don't care how much you spend. Let's go ahead and get that on the record. Now. <laughs> you can spend as much as you would like. I do. Not spend, a problem. I do spend a lot, but no, that's not true. That's not true. So our 10 year anniversary, remember that? Our 10 year anniversary, I was going to buy you that watch. and uh, I could. Yeah. So our 10 year anniversary was happening and I was going to buy him this watch that he really wanted. And, and when the 10 year anniversary was with the economy for watches was like really high at the time. And I had an opportunity to buy one, but it was over $10,000. And I could not pull the trigger to spend over $10,000 without asking you, even if it was my own money. Like, I just felt like that was a number in my head that I couldn't do without asking you. Does that feel true? Like personal expense wise? Um, here's how we had this conversation. Oh, should we even talk about the first time you spent a shit ton of money? No, we should not talk about that. He did years and years ago make an investment for a lot of money without asking me. And I was I apologized after. I was like, you know, I really probably should have asked you about that. Yes, you really fucking should have. If you would have said no, I'd have done it anyway. I know it was a very, very big investment and it's been fine, but also I just felt like I needed to be looped in on an investment that big. So I would say like our numbers, what, $10,000? I don't want to put a number on it. Okay, I, just well, think, I just think we need to be respectful for one another. And if it feels like a situation that you say, Hey, you know what? It's probably, I mean, we know each other well enough to know if it's a situation we should, we need to communicate about it. We should just communicate about it. I don't necessarily think that there's this like draw a line in the sand denomination. I don't, that's not, so I think that's not us. No. So I think put yourself in the story. Number one, we do not have children. So that's another big part of the story that I think a lot of people like have to kind of think about, you know, I do think in general, I do think women should have their own money in some regard, whether they work in the home, whether they work out of the home, I just don't feel it. And this is my personal opinion, but I just don't feel it does a partnership or a marriage well if you constantly have to be asking the other person. I have seen it in other, my family's relationships, clients' relationships, just friends. If you constantly have to be asking for money, to me, I think it's very degrading to either one of the partners. And I think that it is 
probably going to cause trouble. Even if the partner doesn't care, I just feel like there's a certain amount of money that each person should have that it's their own. Like you should not have to ask to buy a coffee. You should not have to like, hey, can I have this amount of money? I think each person should have some of their own money to do whatever the fuck they want to do with it. And I understand that a lot of people can't handle their money, but I think that that's a whole nother conversation. But I just see in relationships where that is harmful to a relationship. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. I would not. I personally would not want it. And I'm not seeing, from my experience with other people, I'm not seeing a lot of positive come out of what, I mean, I have friends. I literally have friends who are like stay at home moms and their wives do well and they work. Um, and then make the money and then the husband really takes care of the kids and maybe doesn't have a full-time job. And I've seen the situation, I'll relate it to this, so I'm not being sexist or whatever, but I've seen guys who literally have to go ask their wives for money. And it's well, so what can, I, what can I get? How much can I get? I want to do this. Well, then, you know, you want to do something and your buddy's like, well, I got to ask my wife. I mean, yes, I'm using that as an example, but obviously it goes both ways. I don't agree with that. I don't think that that's right. Um, it gives one person too much control. And then if there's arguments, I always see the person that, quote, controls the money that ends up getting used as leverage. And it just it just it just is it leads to negativity um, and arguments that compound on top of arguments. So I would agree, even if the, you know, one person, you know, is the is the money maker in the family. Um, I would agree there should be some type of, you know, this person gets whatever it is a month or however you structure your budget. And then that's that, that's like, that's person's money. So they don't feel like they have to constantly come ask. Um, I think that would not, that would not work in our relationship. Oh, fuck no. It would have not gotten 20 minutes, let alone 20 years. Well, I mean, I mean, obviously you have your own job and make your own money. And so that's a little bit different. Um, But I think, I think it's better because if I I know me and I'm really controlling and, and um, if we did have like this joint account that I looked at all the time, I think it would probably create more, I mean, that's what I do all day, every day is question expenses on multiple levels of businesses. So uh, if we did it that way, then you would probably find me asking you questions. And now I I don't, you do get mad because I ask you about credit cards. So I have, I have one credit card that um, I put gas expense on, like that's the credit card that we put our gas on. And every once in a while, like I've had this card for 15 years and probably five times there's been other expenses on there. Like we put a business expense on there. Like I ran to Walmart or random shit. I just know I asked you about it and you're like, why are you asking? Why are you asking me? Have I ever put anything on there that I shouldn't put on there? Why are you questioning me? And it's like, he's doing it because it I have has- to, tr- I have to code the transactions appropriately. Correct. And in my life, I'm just like, it's this expense he's like oh my god you're such a dumbass but no no no. I get it I understand you have to code it to a certain part of the business like that's actually you know a big part of business we talk about that a lot whatever whatever but in the beginning I was just like I can't believe you're questioning me that you think that I would do that like it is integrity is my number one core value like if I put five cents extra on this credit card I would feel bad about my life like I just would not do it and so to me, it's like, he's questioning whether I was doing something that I shouldn't be doing. I'm like, I bought this, this, and this, and you told me to buy this, 
and this was for this and this was for this. And so I can, and I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh my God, you psycho bitch. I was just asking because <laughs> I had to code it to a job. Fuck off. But I do see how that would be probably an issue if, you know, we had a credit card together and he's like, hey, what'd you buy for this? What'd you buy for this? And whether or not he's questioning me, I would probably take it like, why the fuck are you questioning me? Like, why, like, you know, whatever. So I just think no matter who like makes the most amount of money, whether one person makes the money and one person takes care of the home, I think each person should have a separate account for money. That is just my thought process on it. Agreed. Okay, that's us. Let us know your thoughts. Okay, what are your favorite memories of each other? Go ahead. You what? can go first. Um, one of my ultimate favorite memories, this is when we first started dating, and I don't know why I thought of this right now, but this is when I first started dating. So we first started dating. I was still in college. I was graduating, and I've never been a clothes person. I've never been a bag person. I know. You still bring that up? Oh my God, this story will forever and ever be one of my favorite stories ever. Um, there was a purse that I wanted and I don't even remember what it was. It was under $2,000. But to me back in the day when I'm in college and I'm playing, like I want to play professional golf and saving every penny, like $2,000 was like, holy fuck. It was like, you know, a mortgage at the yeah, time in my head. Was, I don't even think it was $2,000. Yeah. What was it? Was it a thousand? I don't even know if it was that much. It may have been a thousand dollars. Come in. Um, it may have been a thousand dollars. I know. Okay, whatever. Can we, <laughs> should, what, what should we say? Five hundred. I have no idea. It was I, a big deal. To you. It was fucking. But it was the first time ever that I liked something. It was the first time ever that I was like, "Wow, I love that bag. I would love that bag." And I probably talked about it for like a whole year. So my graduation present. We were going to Rod Stewart. Hey, Rod Stewart. I was so excited. We were going to Rod Stewart concert. He bought the tickets after the graduation. That was my graduation present was we were going to go to Rod Stewart. So that's what I thought my graduation present was. But the day of my grad in front of my whole entire family, we're at our old house. Um, he brings out a box and I was like, oh my gosh, what's this? And I open it. I swear to God, I pushed the box off the table. I was like... The box off the table. I fell backwards. My whole family was like slipping out, but I was just over the moon that you remembered that I had talked. You said it nine hundred times. But I'm like, should I get? I really like it. I was thinking about it, but for like a year. But the fact that he heard me say that and got me the bag. Oh my god, dying. And this bag is in the bedroom still to this day. I had a woman come. You need a bronze. I really did. I had a woman come clean out my closet and she only said like I should get rid of like five things. That purse was one of the things. Of course it's It's been 20 years. And um I was like, no, bitch, I'm never getting rid of this bag. So we bought these like little pillows to stuff in it and all the things. I've never carried it. It was called the Kuba bag. You can Google it, figure out how much it was. I don't Maybe even think it'll come back in style. Yeah. An antique. Exactly. When I'm 85, that bag will be back in. <laughs> Yeah, back in the list. So, so, but that yeah. was my favorite memory back in the day. I mean, that was the biggest surprise of my whole entire life. It was so good. It was so good. Thank you for that. I love you still. Mwah. Okay, you want to hold hilarious. this one? Um, moving closer because we keep getting out of the screen. Oh my gosh, what was the question again? What is it your so long winded? What is your favorite memory? You have to get these podcasts to an hour. Um, because they edited like seventy percent of it out. <laughs> crazy shit i hope um, they're listening this far you know i'm gonna say a, a best memory in a while is that 
random trip that we just took to Colorado. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I needed it. It was like one of those times where um, had a lot of work going on, a lot of stress going on, and just a, a lot of times our vacations are probably just as fast and furious as our life sometimes. And so I really enjoyed just um, going to Colorado and hiking every day and having no plans, plans, and our phones didn't work most of the time, and being able to go. You guys, that is our favorite thing. No plans, plans. Correct. Oh What's your God. plan? We have no plans, plans. Try it. It's phenomenal. So we just kind of flew to Denver randomly, rented a car, didn't really have any, um, like, a specific place to stay, went to, like, six or seven different cities, and it was just nothing, I mean, obviously nothing fancy at all. We wore like tennis shoes and workout clothes the whole time and went to restaurants and just like sat at the bar and talked to the bartenders and kind of went low key. So um, like from a, for a re, from a, um, like a recent memory, maybe not the best ever, but that's for some reason, just what came to mind. It was like a much needed uh, relaxing, like, let's just chill out trip. Oh, perfect. Well, I'm going to plan another one soon then. Fabulous. Yeah, I mean, it probably won't be that as good the second time. Probably true, because now I have so many fancy, well, I don't have so many fancy bags, but I still love that bag. Um, okay, business question. Business and money. What are the mindsets that you have had to have to reach new heights? Do you want to start with that one? Because you have gone from like zero dollars to a lot of dollars in business and in money. So, I mean, you've had to really, well, how, yeah, that is a really good question. How have you had to change by elevating yourself to get to the mindset to be able to hold and handle? Because I think that that's a big deal. I know I'm constantly working on myself. But my, the numbers that I deal with and the numbers that you deal with are obviously like add zeros. So how have you had to evolve and change to hold and handle the ability to see that amount of business and see that amount of money? What do you have to do in order to do that? So that's a really broad question. Can you like narrow that down somehow? How have you been able to go from a person who used to like, you know, live in a double wide trailer to now having a company a single. single wide, sorry, it was a single wide trailer, <laughs> not a double wide. That would have been a little bit. It was nice though. My parents, if they listen to this, they always think that I'm being. Your parents do not even know I have a podcast, so it's, oh, it's perfect. fine. Perfect. perfect. Um, so uh, yeah, single wide trailer to like seeing the numbers that you see now and like knowing even what your net worth is, like how does that, um, how have you been able to mentally handle that? Because even for me, I constantly have to push myself. And like, you know, one thing that we always use is like, you know, you don't have hundred dollar problems, you don't have thousand dollar problems and just continuing to push yourself to that new level to where you can spend certain amount of money, where you can hold certain amount of money. Like, I mean, you guys, I talk to clients all the time and if we've never been on a discovery call, I've talked to people about this all the time, but they don't know how to hold new levels of money and their money mindset are all in, usually in the same area like you know if it's within five thousand dollars because you don't learn how to hold and handle more and more so how have you mentally been able to like hold the fact that you can make the money that you bring into the business um honestly i 
that's that's a very difficult question to answer. Um, you know, I think a big part of it, so I was the first person in my family to graduate from college. So getting out of, uh, so my family's been in business in a relatively small town where we live now for, gosh, well over 50 years in some of our businesses. So um, I think one big thing was, um, honestly, my parents making a sacrifice. I, I didn't end up with a, a lot of debt going to college, but was able to get out of this town, um, go to college, be in a fraternity that um, I will definitely say I was not um, one of the more wealthy people, I guess. Like my family was much different. Uh, my dad was a, a small contractor and, you know, you start hanging out with guys from from Dallas and in other parts of the country whose parents are much more successful and you see how they live and you pay attention to them and, and um, you know you go to their homes because you're in their fraternity and you're friends with them and you go to different parts of the country and see how other people do things. I think that was really helpful just surrounding myself uh, with other people. I know a lot of people that you know, I went to college or went to high school with, and they stayed in Conway and went to the, to, you know, a smaller college here and kind of kept the same uh, group of friends. And I've seen them really, um, you know, get to where their parents were, right? That's kind of the standard, I guess, that they saw. And I was able to, to be away from here for several years and, and see different people and different things, make new connections, make new friends. I think a lot of it is just seeing the opportunity. Like if you don't, get out of um, your, it was very uncomfortable, you know, I mean, it's easy to be in high school and be like, you know, the big guy on campus. And then you go to a bigger campus or a, um, a bigger group or a new job or whatever that is for you. And then you're not anymore. So I think continually figuring out how to um, figure out how to be comfortable being uncomfortable, like continuing to uh, stretch yourself and do what's hard and do what's next and press forward um, that's just how I've always been. I've always wanted to uh, be successful or to be different. Um, I've had, you know, financial goals. Um, I mean, honestly, ego can be really bad and ego can be good to some extent. Uh, my ego has been a negative thing for me a lot of times in my life, but it's also been a, a driving force in, in what I do and what I've done. So I think surrounding yourself with people that are, that are better than you um, or different than you, stretching yourself, um, you know, you got to keep, like, you got to set goals. I'm, I'm a uh, competitive person. So, you know, you, you, you don't really understand it, but like, I'm not really worried. Like if someone asks me what I make every year, I have no idea. Like I have no idea what I make in a year. I know what my net worth is. I'm constantly watching my net worth and watching my investments and what I'm doing. And I learned that from literally from reading books many, many, many years ago. Um, you know, my father's, a a good business person. Uh, he set a good foundation for me and, and helped me understand uh, hard work and investing. My grandfather was a business person as well. So, you know, entrepreneurially has been in my family for many, many years. So that's what I knew. That's what I grew up with. Uh, my father has taken a lot of risks. So, you know, I lived through that as a kid. I've shared that with you before. I mean, there was times where I didn't realize it, but there was times when my family was doing well and we you know, lived in a, a big house with a swimming pool and had some nice cars. And then for whatever my dad had going on, it seemed like two years later, we'd be living in a small house and me and my brothers would all be sharing rooms. And I mean, it was just kind of a roller coaster ride as a child. And, and um, you know, I look back now and I, 
it's it's a good thing. Um, at the time, I don't think I really understood it. Um, but you know, you gotta you gotta be uncomfortable. You gotta take risks. You gotta be okay to fail. Um, you gotta have confidence in yourself that when you do fail, you can get through it. Um, you know, your your uh, your your buddy says one of my favorite sayings ever: when uh, when quitting's not an option, everything else is. So. You know, Jamie said that on your podcast several years ago, and I was like, man, that's one of the mottos in our office right now. I was like, you know, if you're not going to quit and you know you're not going to quit, everything else is an option. So I think just being okay to do what's uncomfortable, to take risk and to realize, you know, I mean, I've been in big lawsuits and I've had jobs that were, you know, big losses and all kinds of things, um, but I never quit. I mean, I think that's the main thing is just not ever quitting. Um you know, hard work's a big thing. I'm, I'm, you, know, you get up early, you stay late, you set the example. Um, you know, you, you monitor what's going on. You pay attention to your finances. You, you've got to save money. You've got to have that. Um, you got to have that nest egg. You got to be prepared. You can't just spend. You know, I mean, I, I know a whole lot of people who look like they have a whole lot more money than they really do. I mean, that's always been important to me. I don't, if you ain't got it, don't spend it. Um, So I think one of the main things that Nathan said that I've said a hundred times, and I truly believe is true for me, you have to be around other people who are doing things that you want to do. You have to know what is possible. I remember years ago, if you guys go back and listen to the podcast, I don't know what number it was, but it was years ago. I told a story on one of the podcasts. And so maybe this is just your, your sign to go back and listen to all of the podcasts because I have no idea which number it was, but I remember being in a hair salon and I'm not judging. I really want you to hear that I am not judging the situation, but I was in a hair salon. It was, I don't know where it was. I was getting my hair curled. I always go and get my hair blown out. And it was a small town salon. And I was, I heard a woman next to me talk about her like 12 year old and how they were. And I'm kind of judging in the fact that I don't think an adult should be buying a 12 year old beer, but um, it was like talking about how like an ex-husband and a second husband and their baby daddy and getting a 12 year old beer. And it was just like the chaos of it all. And I was just sitting there and thinking to myself, that child, if that person, if that child, and even that whole situation does not see that that is the only option in life, that child will have a very, 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 very good chance of repeating those cycles. If you are someone who wants to get out of the situation that you're in, you have to see what else is fucking possible. I remember listening to a documentary one time where they were talking about the inner city children in Los Angeles and how unless a child was taken out of that inner city situation, like literally blocks away. And you guys have known this, like we've gone, we travel all the time. You guys know that. We go to certain cities and you'll be driving in like a really nice area. And then like literally one street later, it's like, this is not the best area. If children do not leave, and and you as adults put yourself in this situation, if you do not leave the situation that you're in and you do not see what else is possible, you won't even know that it fucking exists. 
And that woman in the hair salon was like that perfect example. I, I came home and recorded a podcast right on there. What Nathan was saying was he put himself in a very uncomfortable situation. His parents did not have the finances for him to go and do school. Nathan was doing other jobs. He had all sorts of shit happening in his life to be able to be put into a situation where he saw something that he didn't even know exist. People who had way, way more than him, who had way more opportunity than him. And that gave him the kick to be able to do it for himself. Myself, personally, I grew up at private country clubs. I didn't have money, but everyone around me did. So I understood that it was possible. I understood what was possible. And if you are someone who's listening to this podcast and you don't know how to get out of it, go find whatever is fucking possible. And now in the world that we exist in today, you can see it on social media. You can see it on YouTube. You can listen to podcasts. Get around other people. I invested in myself way before I financially should have been investing the money that I was investing. You have to do something different to get something different. And if you're willing to put in the work and you're willing to believe that it's possible, anything is fucking possible. Neither one of us have come from what we currently have today. It is fucking insane what hard work and the mindset that's why I always say confidence is fucking everything. Confidence strategies, like all of it, but you have to change the mind and you have to know it's possible. So go get in a situation where you see what it is possible. People talk about this all the time. It's nothing that I've created, but I have lived it and so has he. And it's 100% the truth. All right, let's end on a fun question. What is your ideal date night? This girl wanted to know what your ideal date night was and what my ideal date night was. You want to go first? You can go first. My ideal date night and your ideal date night is probably the exact same. We're just, just going to do so much fun things. Oh my gosh. Go ahead. No, that was it. Fun things. They don't That's even, it? They don't even need to know what all fun things are. There, there's some secrets that I like to keep. Um, Come back in. We're almost done. We're almost done. Um, you know, I think some of my favorite, I'm going to call it a day, are at the beach, get up in the morning, get an exercise in, go to brunch. Oh, uh, I do say that is good. Yeah. My ideal day would include brunch, mimosas on ice. If you have not tried the mimosas with ice, you can't drink a mimosa without ice. You'll Just, never go back. You'll no. never go back. Um, pool time, beach time, walk. Uh, early dinner at sunset um, that's just a good that's like a good date day just you and I hanging out uh, but I really like the beach and I like your beach hair when you're at the beach I know you guys are so funny so my hair my hair right now is basically what he calls my beach hair so like my that's hair is fun. yeah it is it's naturally really kind of <laughs> all right you guys you heard it you heard it here you saw it my hair is naturally curly he likes For some it. reason you don't like it that way. I throw I throw a curling iron in it so it doesn't look super messy, but he loves the messy beach hair look. But I agree. It would be somewhere warm, 100%. Ideal date, warm as shit, some sort of movement, time with you, mimosas on ice. Pool beach. Pool beach. Early dinner, sunset. Early dinner, sunset. Perfect. So much goodness yeah, there. That's a great date though. The date, great, great date, date night. Great date day. Great date day. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you very much. Let me know if you guys watch it. We're we're a mess, but feel free to follow me at 
What is it? Oh, <laughs> at JN Salter One. I almost forgot my own thing. JN Salter, Salter One. Um, do not follow him. It's, he's got nothing on I, it. When I do put stuff on there, sure. That's true. When he does, but think, I love you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you guys. Always remember, you two can decide. It is your turn to live a life that you're obsessed with. Thank you all so much for joining me on today's episode of the Decide It's Your Turn podcast. If today's episode resonated with you at all, please share it with a friend. Also, head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and a comment. What is it that you want us to talk about that will help you realize that at any moment, in any day, you too can decide it's your turn. I'm Christina LeCure. I'll see you next time.